Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. My man, Reese, you deserve more credit back there than you get. That's just perfect. Very fitting. My song coming on, Baba O'Reilly, as we welcome you in on this Monday to Nuanez. Now, minus Nuanez, he is on his way and will be here very shortly combination of Montana football practice being at a certain time combined with the traffic of reserve and Missoula this time of day. Coulter is coming in hot, but he'll be here very shortly. We have a loaded show for you as we always do on this Monday. Nuana is now your one-stop shop for all things sports and pop culture every day and around the Treasure State. 102.9 ESPN Missoula, of course, statewide on SWX Montana. Thanks for tuning in. What a day. I and mean, really, we talk about getting back to normal so much, but this week and really this last weekend, it's really starting to come into fruition, not only on a national scale, but even here in Montana. It's game week for Grizzly football. 68 weeks in between game weeks, nearly 500 days. As if you're watching on SWX Montana, there is Colter Nuanez coming in hot. National championship to talk about on Monday. Of course, the women's championship last night. We just have a full show for you. We cannot wait as Coulter we're gonna let him catch his breath we'll give him here for a second here we are getting set to go into the Montana football hour presented by Stockman Bank a little bit of Grizz a little bit of Cats Coulter was over in Bozeman over the weekend and again the nature of our business Coulter kind of your schedule sometimes is predicated on other people and I think that that today is a perfect example of that but that's why we're a team we're good. We're, we're right here. Think, ready to all go, I got to say is thank God you're a pro. People are probably listening and watching thinking, why don't you just guys just do it like this all the time? <laughs> Rally's better at the whole intro thing anyways. I'm here, as Rally said. Welcome to Nuanas now. Um, 
it's nobody's fault. They had meetings that got moved around. I was trying to get an interview with Bobby Houck. I left it to the very end, and uh, you know that all of a sudden you're stuck behind one person and then two people, and then here you are. But we're here, and uh, it's good to be here. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana, and it's exciting that we are now sitting here in April, and it's Montana football. I watched football on Saturday, Riley. You got to tell me, because you've been to Grizz practice. I haven't seen any Grizz practices yet. I went to the Bobcat practice. We'll get into my analysis of it. But it was completely and utterly disorienting because I haven't watched football, especially college football. I watched high school football, but I haven't watched college football in so long. And, I mean, then you combine with the fact that the Cats signed back-to-back classes of uh, huge freshman classes, so I had never seen any of those guys at all. But then you have new coaches, and I'm sure it's not quite as disorienting for the Grizz because they have a little bit more stability and you have a little bit more of an idea who you're looking for and where you're looking and stuff. But, man, it was just so weird. It took me like an hour to try to, to figure out like what the hell I was trying to watch. Well, there's a couple different facets to that, culture because, and again, everyone out there in Bobcat Line, don't think I'm comparing one to the next, but this is just goes to the product of having that continuity on the coaching staff because my observations from Grizz football practice ever since – They've known that these games are on the schedule. They can actually plan their practices accordingly. And so, to me, at least the last couple of weeks, it has felt organized with Grizz football. The thing that's disoriented is guys switching around numbers for no reason. And all right. of a sudden, I think I know who the hell is out there. And Nick Osmo's wearing 26. I go, do we get a transfer running back? Oh, no, that's just Nick Osmo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so things like that are just hard to uh, kind of get going. But uh, organized is anything with Coach Houck. And I think ramping up to game week. And I think this is going to be really fun. And again, it's not to compare Grizz and Cats and where they're at right now, but just of what the goal is here for April. I think for the Bobcats, obviously they're trying to get acclimated with each other for the Grizz are full bore. They are ready to go for two big time games. And we're going to talk with Chris Fisk later on in the week. I talked to him earlier today um, and central Washington's ready to go. I mean, this is a division two team that as you know, very well, they are no slouch. The Grizz are getting ready for two. It really does feel like it. I'm not, it's just not lip service. They are getting ready for two regular season games. And it truly feels like when I'm at practice, what, I've been hurrying around town. Uh, by the way, I'm hoping we'll have some fun and good news for you here very soon. We are trying to do a little bit of a post-game show uh, after the game. We were going to do maybe a pregame, but for those that are wondering, it's 11 a.m. kick. And for us media guys, we got to be in the stadium by 10 because we have to be in there before the crowd. So I thought a pregame would be a little unattainable. I don't know how many people want to come have a beer with me at 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I know there's a lot of Hold, hold on, you know the answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot, of, a lot of Grizz faithful out there. But regardless... We're hoping to have uh, some sort of an announcement on a post-game show for each of the next two Saturdays, so stay tuned for that. But I was m- bouncing around town a little bit today, just talking to, to you know some of my various clients and, and friends and things like that. And I, I will say this, and Grizz fans are awesome because they're so passionate about the Grizz. But a lot of times I think that they, they I don't know how do you say this. Well, what I'm getting at is that Central Washington's not bad. This is not an RMAC team. No. There's Division Two. There's there's multiple tiers of Division Two. And a lot of times, the schools in the Big Sky Conference play the schools out of the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. That they know they can pound up. They never play Colorado State Pueblo because Colorado State Pueblo is really good. Colorado State Pueblo would probably finish in the middle half of the Big Sky, honestly. But they always play all the others, the Western States and Fort Lewis College and yada, yada, yada. Well, you got to understand, those are the lowest level Division II. They have 25 scholarships. They're very, very lowly, low funded. It's 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 a different level than what I'm getting at as the GNAC. And the people would say, well, the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, 
Does he have an automatic bid to the Division II playoffs? That's also true because Central Washington was an independent for a long time. What you got to understand about Central Washington is threefold. One, they have tremendous football tradition. They came into Missoula in 2008 and almost beat a Grizz team that went on to go undefeated. I mean, that Grizz team went all the way to the national championship undefeated. 38-35. And, the, and that, that Central Washington team barely lost in 08 in Washington Grizzly Stadium. That Central team put six guys in the pros. Six. Most of them in the CFL, but whatever. I mean, there's not very many big sky teams that put six guys in the pros. Mike Riley is still starting a, a, st- a starting quarterback up in Canada. And I mean, Johnny Spivak, Bryson Kelly, Adam Big Hill, Eugene Germany. That was a stacked team. I went and covered Central Washington my first two years out of college. Uh, I guess it was, a, I was in Ellensburg for about a year and a half, but I covered two football seasons there uh, at Central Washington. And the other thing, the other two things you got to know about Central is one, we talked last week, Riley and I did actually, about Eastern Washington and some of the advantages they have in recruiting when it comes to the Pell Grants that are granted by the state. Uh, for boosting minority uh, student enrollment. That exists at Central Washington as well. So they have a little bit of an ability to get guys into school that maybe don't have full or even half athletic scholarships, but then they still get quite a bit of aid because they get the Pell Grant. And the third thing is just the admission standards. You can get guys in, but you can also get them and keep them eligible a little bit easier than at the Division One level. So this all culminates then, and then you add the location, which Ellensburg, Washington, you could say is just a little farm town. It is, but it's only 90 miles from Seattle. It's only 150 miles from Spokane. So you're right in the dead heart of um, a really fertile recruiting ground. And so this all culminates in Central being able to take way more drop downs than any other Division II school in the entire Western United States, especially the Pacific Northwest. So when you look at their roster, you're going to see guys that played in the Pac-12, the big sky. They're, they're, I mean, I, I bet you close to half their guys had at least Division One offers or were Division One at one point in their careers. And Chris Fisk was talking about this too earlier in the week that they are just competing right now with the Washingtons, the Washington State of guys that just want to wear the logo here basically rather than guys that right. want to go take a scholarship and play. I mean, just to remind Grizz fans out there, because we are reiterating this point and for good reason. Central Washington led for the first 42 minutes of the game in 2008, and it took a Brody McKnight field goal at the buzzer to win it. I mean, that's how close it was. And Central Washington, they are a very unique team. And again, the Grizz were supposed to open with them last year in sure. September. So there's some familiarity with, with these two, and there's a lot of respect back and forth. And, and I think Central Washington's going to come in. This is their lone game, and they have had a lot of spring practice leading up to it. So they're fine-tuned. They had COVID back in February, so they have had uninterrupted practice six weeks in a row, gearing up for this underdog mentality just two years ago, or I guess, do we count it last year since we didn't play 2020? Central Washington, right. the last season they played... They opened up the year at, at Idaho, and it was tied at halftime, and they lost 41-31. So to me, not to compare this to any Big Sky teams, but your lower-level Big Sky teams, I would take Central Washington over them right now. Exactly. So th- this, to me, is a very legit opponent, and I think it's very unique, the angle, because you have covered them. You know, as you just mentioned, uh, all the things that make Central Washington unique, and Tell you what, I think the Grizz, at least when you talk about rust and everything the first quarter or two, 
it's going to be a dogfight, I think. It's going to be a way closer game than people think. Well, we get into a little bit more of just the background and details of Central Washington. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the state of Montana. It's run by Montanans for the great people of Montana. They're in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. But they do have robust uh, technological platforms. You can do your banking from anywhere uh, in the world. But it's only in Montana, for Montanans, by Montanans. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. Central, when I was there, so here, here's the little, a brief, just the modern history of Central Washington. Bo Baldwin was the offensive coordinator at Eastern Washington under Paul Wolf, And then when Paul Wolf went to Washington State, for whatever reason, and, and Coach Baldwin's never given me a straight answer to this, but he looked like the smartest man in the room after the dust had settled. He did not go to, to Washington State with the rest of the staff. Paul Wolf went from Eastern to Washington State. The only two guys that didn't go, Aaron Best, who went and did a year up in Canada before returning to his alma mater, and Bo Baldwin, wow. who was then the head coach at Central Washington for two years. Well, then he came back and then got the Eastern job, and then he hired Aaron Best back, and then the rest is history. Bo Baldwin went on the great runs in the history of the Big Sky Conference, especially the modern history of the Big Sky Conference. But Baldwin laid a little bit of the groundwork there. But then he gave the, the uh, reins to Blaine Bennett. Blaine Bennett, for those that don't know, is now, I, he, I think he's the head coach of Post Falls High School right now, uh, over in Coral, or right outside Coral Lane between Coral Lane and Spokane. But at the time when he took the central job, he had just spent the last 10, 12 years as a big time coach in the Big Ten. He'd been at Purdue, he'd been at Michigan State. He was like the, I think he was John L. Smith's associate head coach at Michigan State, but he had big time experience. And it was enormous hire for Central Washington to get this guy. I mean, enormous. The fact that this guy had like been, he'd coached like Kyle Orton and Drew Brees, and My he's gosh. going to Central Washington. And so then they were, they're pretty darn good in, in, uh, 08, 09, uh, 22 and 3 combined. Yep. And then 2010, when I covered them, they had kind of an up and down year. They were really hyped, but they had a hard time kind of figuring it out. But that was still a talented team. But that team, I mean, they took Eastern Washington in 2010. They used to have the, what do they call it? They called it, um, Oh, man. The battle of something. But it was Central Washington versus Eastern Washington, and they played it at the Tacoma Dome every year. Well, that 2010 Eastern Washington team, if you remember correctly, was highlighted by Tywan Jones and Bo Levi Mitchell each. I mean, Tywan Jones went on to be to be the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year and has played in the NFL ever since then. Bo Levi went on to win the Walter Payton Award the next year. Well, that game between Central and Eastern came down to a field goal as well. Central almost beat Eastern that year. They haven't played that game since because Eastern Washington hasn't wanted to play it. Well, that leads me to a great question because before you went, I didn't, I obviously didn't know all that history, but before you went into it, I would ask you the question right now to play devil's advocate, Central Washington or Eastern Washington? Who's in a better spot right now as far as solidifying where they are at? Oh, well, they- as far as like the stability of the program and stuff, it's it's Central because they're, they're uh they have great great funding compared to the rest of their level, whereas Eastern is really struggling in that element. And they think they think of themselves on the same plane as Eastern. It's more of For sure. okay, it's Washington, Washington State, and then it's Central Washington and Eastern Washington. Sure. And this is a, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. But when all of the talk was happening about expanding potentially, and when the, the numbers were in flux, and was New Mexico State going to drop down to the FCS and be a part of the Big Sky? For a hot minute there, there was talk that if the Big Sky added a team and went into two divisions, that team culture would have been Central Washington. Well, it's also worth noting that, I mean, Central, the school, is a good school. 
And right now, I mean, they have 12,000 students. That's almost twice as many as the University of Montana has. So think of that. I mean, Central Washington's campus and stuff, like when I was living there, it was a very cool job to have my first two years out of college because I just moved to a different college town. I lived up on campus and like I just lived in like the advanced student housing or whatever. I was only like 22 or 23. So you knew all the pizza places and cheap (laughs) beer spots. Yeah, That's exactly right. (laughs) And so regardless, to get into the then what's kind of happened the last couple of years. So Blaine Bennett had it going pretty good there, but then he got into some trouble and he ended up getting fired and so they've had a lot of of uh, turnover the last handful of years um i know coach fisk he's in his first season right go yes so this, this only coach one full year right so this will be his next year this is like kind of either the end of his first season or the beginning of his second <laughs> so messed up but yes one full season i guess this all comes full circle to say if you're a montana fan or a uh big sky Hours football fan or whatever and you think that this is just gonna be 50 to nothing at halftime i had multiple people tell me that today this is gonna be no. 50 to nothing at halftime it's not man central's good like they're gonna be good and they're gonna they're good for a variety of reasons and uh, i guess the main re- reason though it's it's worth re-emphasizing is that a lot of times you might have a couple studs like skill guys or something at the d2 level but they'll have a couple linemen, offensive and defensive, and they'll have a couple linebackers that I guarantee you did play D1. And and that that's where they won't be physically overmatched. They might not be as polished. They might not have the depth. You know, I, I fully expect Montana to win this game, but and we'll get into predictions later in the week. But all I'm saying is that this is not just going to be a steamroller, you know, Oklahoma Panhandle State 81 to <laughs> nothing like we saw, you know, 10 years ago here at Washington Grizz. Not at all. And I think Central, again, they're coming in here with a purpose, a chance that they think that they can win to play up in that, the whole mantra of when they play up to try and uh, elevate their level. And I think Central Washington, this is going to be a good game. And we talk about just maybe trends with Central offensively, defensively, kind of set the scene a little bit and I'm going to as you are too going to dive into to my spotter boards if you're watching on SWX getting them going they're they're almost done Central Washington I don't make those because I can't even read my own handwriting (laughs) but Central really good on the offensive side of the ball and when you were there and back during that run their staple was really defense and they've kind of went away from that and coach Fisk is trying to reestablish it a new defensive coordinator so I guess if on paper from the very basic level both teams feel really good about their offensive units. Central Washington defensively, that's maybe the biggest question mark. So, yeah, can the skill position guys for Montana maybe outclass them towards the end? Sure, maybe on paper that, that's what you're thinking. But I see this thing being a shootout, and I think it's a really good test for this Grizzly defense and that loaded secondary that we've been talking about with all the transfers coming in because they're the ones that are going to be put to the test to try and limit Central Washington. So uh, it's so fun. I mean, the fact that we have game week here and we're talking about a legitimate game, yes, it is legitimate, that that gets all of our juices flowing. And uh, we do expect a good game on Saturday. Nuan is now 102.90 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. There'll be a lot of crossover Probably in this game too, Riley. I mean, I, I'm. I, can you confirm? Is Christian Moore still their quarterback? Yes. So I mean, he's he's from Puyallup in yep. the Seattle area. Returner. Uh, I, I mean, I bet you that he's crossed paths with a lot of the guys that play for the Grizz. Cam Humphrey's probably a little bit too old to have dueled with him, but Puyallup's in the same league as uh, where Cam Humphrey Skyline's where Cam Humphrey yep. went. Right there, that's in the same league, and so you know they at least have heard of each other. I mean, I guess the other point I'm getting at is that Central has always, always had really good quarterbacks because the state of Washington always has really good quarterbacks. I mean, John Kitna went to Central. He led him to the national championship in 1995. Uh, 
We, we mentioned Mike Riley, kid that actually was from Kalispell, who was a Washington State commit once upon a time and then was a multiple-year starter at Central. He's been a starter in the CFL forever. Uh, Riley Hennessy, who was who barely lost out to Gage Gubru right, for the Eastern Washington. I mean, Riley Hennessy started games in the Big Sky Conference at Eastern, and then the Gage Gubru phenomenon. Basically, it was the Yaman Sanders hit on Riley Hennessy that knocked him out of the game at Washington Grizzly Stadium in that would have been 2015. Correct. And and then Gage Gubru came in, and the Gage Gubru was never not the starter after that. And Riley Hennessy ended up transferring. Uh, but then Austin Dodge, who's probably the greatest NAIA quarterback of the last 10 years, the only reason he w- he was Blaine Bennett's dude at Central. Austin Dodge c- committed to Central over Montana State, straight up. And he was going to go be a four-year starter under Blaine Bennett. And then um, because Coach Bennett kind of got on the outs, and then all of a sudden they brought in this transfer, Austin Dodge ends up going to Southern Oregon, and the rest is history. He leads Southern Oregon to a national championship and had the most prolific stats in the history of NAIA college football. But regardless, what I'm saying here is that the quarterback spot, they'll have a good quarterback. They'll have a guy that looks like a Big Sky Conference guy. I just think that across the board, they will look more like a Big Sky team than most D2 teams that come into Washington Grizzly Stadium. And I think that it's a good comparison point. Central Washington and Portland State, we've been talking about Mm -hmm. Portland State. They're legit, too. But they're kind of like opponents. I would say they're very comparable. If Central Washington played Portland State, what, Portland State be favored by a little bit, probably? But nothing, nothing. I'd say Portland State probably be like 10-point favorites. Okay. But, But, yeah. I mean, it, it all it, it all comes down to the, like the best players are going to be pretty like Central's best players are going to be guys that would be good players on the Grizz. The Central's not going to have anybody like Sammy Kim or Gabe Solser, guys that can run like that. They're they're just not. They're not going to have anybody off the edge like Jacob McGoring or anybody on the interior like Alex Gubner. But they'll have a bunch of guys that could be good players at Montana. You know, it's just like if Portland State played Central Washington. Central's not going to have a quarterback like Davis Alexander. They're not going to have a receiver like Darian Chase who transferred from Nebraska. But like a lot of those guys at Central would be a lot would play at Portland State and vice versa. So I, I yeah, where where the mismatch comes in is depth. is the depth, right? The third, if you get into you know if Montana's on a long drive and they're running on their eleventh or twelfth play, and Central's got to go to their third or fourth corner, that's where then you have a huge mismatch. Now you have a true. Like average to below average D two guy playing against an all American like Sammy Akim, that's where you get killed. And on the flip side too, when that Central Washington O line that their first unit's pretty good. That's right. And the rotating defensive line of Barry that's Sachs right. That's right. and the defense that's comes right. in. That's right. That's where it's going to be. I, I, yeah, that, I mean that's a great example. On the offensive line, I bet you Central's top two guys would be good enough to be in the top six or eight at Montana. But then their next three would probably be like you know, middle to bottom of the roster type guys at a big sky school. And then they'll probably have at least one starter who probably couldn't play in the big sky. And then if they ever have to rotate a guy in, that's where the mismatch comes. And that's, that's why I'm so interested to ask you. I mean, how do you think Montana's going to operate in this game? Is this going to be, you know, a chess match? Or is this going to be about finding the mismatches? And, you know, are they going to try to scout a, the right guard at central? You know, he's a retro freshman. He's not been playing. Let's put McGoring right over the top of him. Or is it going to be like, we're going to run our stuff. We're going to rotate guys in and out. We're trying to get reps for everybody. How's this going to work? No, it's going to be option one. They, they are game planning just like they would for a normal game in the sense where, yes, they're are going to identify the mismatch, pound it home. And that's why I was going to say up in the press box where we're going to be, we'll be able to see what the coaches identify right away where they need to attack. And the the film study that's been going on, I got a peek behind the curtain and went into the coaches' offices last week. 
I mean, you couldn't tell anything was different Well, as far as their preparation for something else. They feel that the reps are going to take care of themselves. And I think that, obviously, priority number one is winning before those other reps. Uh, the Grizz went through an inter-squad scrimmage last week. And there was talk, Coulter, that last Friday they were going to maybe try to get an NAIA team to come in here. They couldn't get any suitors. But that would have been the game... Maybe it would have been the warm-up game or the game to get your twos, your threes, your fours, more reps. But these two games have always been about the ones and just trying to game plan like a normal contest. Yes, if it's a 21 or more point margin in the fourth quarter, will we see the twos? Absolutely. But as far as going into it, Coach Houck kind of had this vision of having a three-game spring season and the first game would have been the time to just go in and out, hey, we're only going to worry about us, don't worry about the game study at all. It's not the case. They are game planning as if Central Washington's the the fifth-ranked team in the country and they're number three, just like it would have been for a Weber State clash way back in 2019. But, yes, they are not going to get reps for the sake of getting reps to guys. That that already happened last week in their inter-squad scrimmage and in practice. So, no, you're going to see the ones unless the game gets out of hand. Did you catch the inter-squad scrimmage? I didn't get to catch the inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, you probably couldn't tell us much out of it anyways, but regardless. <laughs> or maybe I did and I didn't. Is that a Bobby Hawkins? <laughs> no, I was out of town. A little bit of tent. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget you were golfing. <laughs> I should know I should know this considering you were rubbing it into me every day by sending me pictures from the golf course. Listen to Nuanas now, Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. So, Riley, Bobby Houck has always had a uh, – it's always been pretty common for him to rotate heavily defensively. They really like that. Uh, I was talking to Mike Person, former Montana State offensive lineman, and we were reminiscing about the days because Person was a senior in 2010, and we were talking about old Cat Grizz games and old Cat Grizz rivalries, and he was saying, man, I remember playing those 08 and 09 Grizz teams. And he's like, dude, I swear they had – 11 of the same guy. None of them was like a 99 or even like an A-rated a player. They just had an endless string of B-plus and A-minus guys, and it was just one after the other, and I thought it was the same guy until I realized it was a new number, a new number. Where the hell do they get all these guys? How is there a new D-lineman in every single play? And that, that's true. They used to always rotate 8 to 10 guys, and it looks like they're trying to do that again, and I think, that's, I think it's smart. I think it's the way you do it. I think that the fact that they're playing this two-linebacker look it makes it so you can get four linebackers ready and you can get a bunch of guys reps even if you don't if you're not a starter like i expect multiple inside linebacker guys to get a ton of reps that aren't quote unquote starters and it's the same thing in the secondary i think that they're probably going to be a little bit less rotation on the edge like a corner but safeties, I expect that to be prevalent. So I think that that's going to be here nor there. That's not really an evaluation for this game. They're going to want to rotate a lot anyways. I expect them to try, probably try to rotate on the offensive line a little bit because I do think they have some stalwarts, but they also have some other spots where they like the rotation. I think seven or eight guys, and we talk a lot, and it comes as maybe empty words sometimes, versatility, but that is the case where you're going to see, and spoiler alert, that there's going to be guys on the O-line that have moved positions from when you saw them last, and to get them game reps there where you might see a Colton Kynes play inside and outside. So I think you're going to see a steady rotation of seven or eight linemen that, hey, if you're a Grizz 
Oilers fan that loves to go inside the play a little bit, watch the substitution patterns. It's sure. fascinating to me when I'm calling it, obviously on the offensive line, because, you know, I'm trying to say, okay, two receivers at the left, one to the right. Okay, Humphrey's a quarterback. But the offensive line shuffling in and out too. So I think you're going to see seven, maybe eight offensive linemen steadily rotate throughout the game. And you always have rotations at receiver. You're going to have rotations at running back. So I guess that leads me to my question then. I don't think that this is going to be any different than any other game where you're going to have a lot of guys playing a lot of spots because that's just kind of what modern-day college football is. And they have a lot of guys that can play at Montana right now, so they're going to want to get those guys reps. It comes down to then one spot. Are we going to see rotations at quarterback? I don't think you'll see that until... Until the game's in Absolutely, yeah. I think Cam Humphrey, I would be shocked... Barring injury, knock on wood, I would be. You, you won't see Chris Brown, I don't think, until the second half of this game. I mean, Humphrey is going to get uh, first team reps, and I, I think you're going to see uh, him primarily in both of these games again until he gets out of hand. Yeah, ideally, they would love to get Chris Brown and even Kirk Rigel some reps because I right now those are number two and number three on the depth chart. But as far as Cam Humphrey is going to get those reps, because hey, coming into it, this whole offseason. We've had 480 days to talk about it. What has been one of the biggest question marks? Can Cam Humphrey deliver with all of the weapons around him? Well, this is kind of the, the opportunity to get ready for the fall. So I fully anticipate, and I don't think I'm overstating this, he will be the quarterback for six quarters at least. I can comfortably say that for sure. Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Duwadas. We're going to do this every Monday for the rest of this month, so it'll be fun having a Montana football hour throughout April. The Grizz got a game this Saturday. The Grizz also have a game next Saturday, and then the Bobcats have a game, Sunday Hall and Spring game, April 24th. So we'll be uh, covering and previewing and analyzing all this stuff as we move forward this month. The Montana football hour is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. When you bank with Stockman Bank, your money stays in the local economy, helping your friends and neighbors that are only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. They have a strong commitment to their communities, and they take pride in giving back. Phone calls are always answered by a live person. That's huge. I tell you, it makes you so much less frustrated to just talk to somebody. They're in Montana, serving Montanans. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. I was on the other side of the divide this weekend, caught my first Montana State football practice in literally years. Amazing. I got to watch the whole thing. I can't believe what I saw. We'll get into all of it. And... Some sound from Brent Vegan, new head coach for Montana State. After this, right here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It did not reload the sports center for the day. This is Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The Dante Olson news remains pertinent. I was also teasing Tory Martell's performance in the three point contest, but that has 
actually already happened. As most people know, the Montana State women's basketball player, the only senior for the Bobcats this last year, she did win the uh, women's three-point contest. So we'll have a new fresh sports center for you at the top of the hour. So have no fear. Sorry, I did not roll that in. We're doing a little new procedure here. So it's always an experiment here at 102.9. It is live radio at its finest, right? That's right, man. You gotta it, love it. It's uh, it's always an experiment here at uh, 1029 ESPN Missoula. But we appreciate you riding along. Happy Monday. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Colter Nuana, as we do this each and every Monday. And for the next month, the first hour of each Monday's show is going to be the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. And before I give you my analysis of what I watched on Saturday, we'll do a little bit more of that throughout the week as well. We got to get right to it. Montana State first year football coach Brett Vegan joined me from his office after Saturday's. I don't know what do you want to call it. It was. A, it was. A, it wasn't. A, there was not officials there, but it was a scrimmage. Like they went fully padded. They did full contact, but they didn't keep score. And there was no substitution or anything like that. But it was you know a lot of live football. I saw all the quarterbacks throw passes. I saw full live contact, all that stuff. So. Here's Brent Vegan, our conversation from his office on Saturday afternoon in Bozeman, Montana. Working on the weekend, but that's a good thing when it comes to covering college football. Happy to be in Bozeman, Montana. We're recording this on a Saturday. We'll be playing this throughout the week. We're joined now by Montana State first-year head football coach Brent Vegan. And coach, first and foremost, Thanks for letting us come out to practice because this was, this was awesome for me to even just see some live football. So how's things? A couple weeks here uh, into spring ball. So how's things with you? Good. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been two weeks. We've practiced six times now, and and you know you can see the team um, offense, defense, special teams growing each and every time we're out there. Um, the weather's made a nice turn for the better here these last couple of days, but uh, yeah, I couldn't be more pleased with with the effort, the enthusiasm that we've had through through two weeks, and we need to just keep that uh, keep that moving forward through the next three. Learning not how to practice, but how you want a specific coaching staff, how they would demand you to practice. What's that learning curve like? What's the biggest challenge? Because I mean, every head coach does it differently. Yeah, you know, I, I think when a kid goes from high school to, to college, they just kind of accept that it's going to be different, and they they just roll with it. I think when there's coaching changes that occur at the college level, you're you're so ingrained in one way of doing thing and doing things, and and you know, it's just, it's just I, I think this day and age, kids, you know, uh, they they certainly can work with this is what we want to do, but they want to know why. I think that's just the nature of. Uh, this generation so we've done done a lot to not only say hey this is this is how we're going to do it but this is why and and i think that i think as we've practiced now two weeks i think they're they're figuring out the why um and and you know understanding the method uh i guess that's that's the call of madness but the method to just how we want to do things and, and i think they're seeing the results i think that's that's when kids certainly buy in even more when they're seeing the, the level of improvement that that's occurring on a daily basis how do you balance? Obviously, you want to gauge effort and and uh, enthusiasm and all that, but also these guys are learning new schemes and they're also learning how to acclimate to a new coaching staff. So, how do you gauge? You know, maybe if they are a little bit behind mentally, or they're trying to really get to, get to the point where they can play fast while also learning all this new stuff. Well, we film everything and we, as coaches, watch it and, and cut it apart and then then apply it to the players. So, I think. I think that's just that's the way we coaches operate and you know you you know generally speaking you don't want guys to to make the same mistake twice but understand they're going to make mistakes and if they're making mistakes you know at a fast rate um 
if they're not quite seeing things on the flip side as fast as you want, you just know it'll come. You got to keep repping and, you know, guys learn by doing. Um, so we're, we're trying to be high volume, high reps as much as we can um, and really accelerate that development. So, you know, I think the biggest thing is we tell our guys, if you're being coached, that's a good thing. It's the moment that you're not being coached that someone's maybe given up to you, given up on you. So our guys, our, our coaches are, are coaching them hard, but I think our guys are taking that coaching and it's been a, a real uh, enjoyful thing for me to kind of step back and be able to watch over these first two weeks. Is it an adjustment for the coaches that have been here too to kind of learn the, the new ways of going about operating? No question. I, I think as a, as a coach, um, if you work in a, a system for any extended period of time, you, you get ingrained in those, those methods. Um, I think the guys that bounce around and, and go from one to the next, they're maybe more adaptable, but uh, you know, a bunch of the guys had been on this staff for a while and, and, you know, you know. At the same time, their their soldiers are going to do what uh, what they're tasked to do. But um, you know, I think no question, it's been an adjustment. Is it is it possible this time of year, since there has been such a long break for your guys, your to have consistent progress, or is it kind of a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, but continuing to try to push it forward? That's a good question. I I think um, with the new system, <clears throat> um, generally on both sides of football, you're you are taking a step back in the, on the front end. So I, I'm hopeful, and we've seen it through two weeks, and even preceding that when we were meeting and walking through, that our, our progress has been pretty consistent now. You start talking about the fundamentals of, of blocking and tackling. I think that's the thing that right now I think to me it needs to continue to find a little bit better level of consistency, and obviously we'll tackle more as, as time goes on with the two scrimmages. But... Um, no, I've been pleased as far as just applying what we're learning on a pretty consistent basis. Now it's just executing and, you know, um, shoot, we're, it, there has to be some give and take out there. If, if practice was one-sided, that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't bode very well for what we want to be as a team either. You're listening to Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Brent Vegan joining us, head coach for the Montana State Bobcats football team. And coach, today you guys did engage in a little bit of tackling. So – could, was there a way to gauge how much rust really is out there? And what did you think of just the, the point of contact and, and your first day kind of in full pads going full? Well, it wasn't it wasn't real extended, but there was enough there to maybe look at some things. I, I think we um, had wins on either side of the football, which, again, I think that balance um, is, is important. But I, I'm certain we'll look at the film and whether it's uh, leverage technique um, or both in some cases defensively we weren't exactly where we needed to be. And then I think from, a, from an offensive perspective, you know, with, from a ball carrier perspective, uh, you know, having a plan now that you're doing more than just getting tagged, I think there was some good moments there, but I, I'm sure there's some moments that we can coach off of too. And, and those volume, those, that volume will pick up through this week, but it's, it was certainly a good starting point these first uh, couple days of implementing tackling. Tempo-wise, what was your evaluation? You know, I, I think we're doing okay. I, I know we're not uh, – we're not getting the, the double rep method as much this week, so we have picked the tempo up, and, and you know I, I think our guys understand that. So we're in a um, confined space as from, a, from a time perspective. I, I think we're moving pretty fast. I think our quarterbacks are directing things, and they're aware of the, you know, the good thing we were able to use the shot clock most of the day today, and I think by and large they're aware of that because that's part of the game, and you know I think our guys are bouncing around pretty good. 
new coordinators, both sides of the ball. Uh, what have you thought? I mean, to me, just watching them, it seems like they're very confident in what they're doing. So what have you thought of just their uh, implementation of the schemes thus far? But I've been pleased. And I, and I think, you know, your first time around um, as a coordinator, you, you figure out pretty pretty quickly it's not about column plays so much as it is working with a, a bigger group. You know, whether it's working with the staff on either side of the ball, and I've been, you know, Extremely pleased with both Taylor and Freddie's ability to work with with their respective staffs, but then it's getting in front of that whole group as opposed to just your position group like you maybe have been in the past and and being able to lead and and they're they're different personalities and 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 I they have to be themselves and I've appreciated that they have high expectations and and they have a high bar and, and you know um, we want to continue to climb to that that bar on either side of the football so it's you know like anything else it's a work in progress but to this point i've been pleased with both of them so much of the success of this program the last handful of years has been based on the stellar play in the trenches offensive and defensive lines i know you've said in the past as well that that's a high priority for you so what did you think of just the exchange up front i know it wasn't a lot but it seemed like especially just in the one-on-ones the little pods those guys were pretty excited to to <laughs> hit somebody else yeah you know what i i think that um what they're realizing is we got good players on both sides of football. They're going to make each other better. And, and going against each other, I guess, more and more is, is the best tool that any one of them have individually. I know we're, you know, we're a little nicked up on the defensive side right now, but we got some guys playing some new positions. I think that's taking um, uh, pretty well here through two weeks. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think we have two groups that that want to uh, accept that responsibility, I guess. Um, not make it about the skill players having to make them right. Um, understand that it starts starts with their ability to control the line of scrimmage. And if we can do that on a regular basis, I, I think the rest of it will take care of itself. I think we have pretty good skill on both sides, but it, by, by no means can it be all, all about that skill. One position I thought was fun to watch today was the wide receivers because uh, obviously a new offensive scheme, we don't have to get into the details of that element of it, but it seems like there's going to be a lot more opportunities and it seems like there's kind of a wide open door not only because of the new staff but also because a couple of the top pass catchers from the last couple of years are on uh, you know they moved on Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson graduated from last year's team so a uh, two-part question do you think that the receivers sort of have an elevated opportunity to prove themselves and is that the case across the board uh, for a lot of guys since it is sort of a fresh start yeah I think so you know there's there's you mentioned Kevin and Travis I think they have had a bulk of the the, the attempts um, go their way uh, back in 19. There, there are some guys that played at Lance, McCutcheon, Coy Steele. You know, they were both on the field a bunch. I think uh, I think Jaden was on the field a bunch, Smith. And, and, but now those guys go from being, you know, more secondary role players to now we're looking for, you know, who, who's going to be that, that guy or two to – to, to step up and, and really you know want the football to come their way and, and you know I think Lance and um, Lance and Jaden uh, provide size and athleticism. I, we added Nate or they added Nate Stewart I guess and, and uh, thankfully so because I'm really pleased with what Nate can bring. I think uh, you know Coy and Willie Patterson on the inside. You know, and that's just the name five right there. I think we got some talent beyond those five, but I think it's got a chance to be deep. And, and at the same time, I, I hope what you saw out there a little bit is, you know, some guys that are willing to compete because they do want the ball to come their way. And, and the way you get that is you build trust with quarterbacks. Um, a lot of times quarterback might have two guys to choose from, and you want to be the guy that uh, that he goes after in a man-to-man situation. So uh been pleased with that group's 
emergence, and I do think they see you know not only maybe a clean slate, but then just uh, more and more opportunities out there. Another guy that flashed today was freshman running back Elijah Elliott. So what do you think of him? He he has a little bit of juice. He does. Um, yeah, I think I think Elijah's a guy that we can utilize in a, a bunch of different ways, and in you know. Um, Given the ball, obviously from the backfield, but then you know I think he's a guy that can catch it and do some things out out in space. Um, and he has got a burst. I think he's he's got toughness too, even though he's a little undersized. So you know he's a guy that, that beyond today, I think each and every one of these five these five practices leading up has flashed. Last question on offense, quarterbacks. I mean, I know that's a it's a work in progress, but what do you like about each one? Because it seemed like I know all five guys got reps today. I thought probably the best throw was actually that throw by Blake Thielen in the red zone period to Nate Stewart. So, uh, what do you like about each of the guys that are under center right now? Well, I think you know, speaking to to, to Tucker and Matt, the guys that have a little bit more experience, um, you know, they're they're different they're different uh, types of quarterbacks, and I think within. Within this offense, it's understanding what they do well and, and, and really trying to accentuate those strengths and try to, try to take advantage of them. I think um, you know Matt's athleticism has showed up, but he doesn't have to all be about his athleticism. He's he's a um, he's a dedicated learner and he's a smart and, and you know I do feel like he can throw the football and, and showing that. So excited about his progress. You know I think Tucker um, certainly has the experience here as, a, as one of our captains. Um, is a smart guy, you know, and I think is is throwing the ball um, in certain ways while he's been used here more the more the vertical game, and, and he's he's coming along certainly as far as what uh, his comfortability and what we're doing. Um, you know, Casey played just a little bit at the beginning of that 19 season, and, and you know, um, Casey Bauman's an extremely talented kid that. Uh, you know he's just raw yet, and we're really trying to hone in um, his skills. But I think his eagerness um, has really pleased the offensive staff, pleased me. You know I think Tommy Tommy Mallott and Blake Thielen are two that haven't played. You know from from Montana, from our, our, our great state, and, and you know, I think they they bring some things to the table. Uh, you know Blake I think is a a pretty cool customer. You know he's a he's a guy that uh, you can tell has competed at. You know, different sports, and, and but at a pretty pretty high level, and and he needs to keep coming along. And then Tommy, athletically, brings um, you know something different to the table. But again, just like Matt, it, I don't think it has to be all about just athleticism with him and um, intelligent and, and and competitive. All those things Tommy is, and it'll be exciting to see where he's at at the end of this. Montana State head coach Brent Vegan joining us here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana. On the other side of the ball, coach, how do you think they're picking up the scheme change there? Uh, interesting watching uh, a four man front rather than an odd man front like we've seen these last couple years, but um, seems like personnel wise, you got some talent. We do, and I, I think, you know, up front, like I mentioned before, we've been a little nicked up, but I do think Chase Benson, you know, I, I think is, is, is going to be just as formidable in the four man front as he would have been in a three man front. Um, we've, uh, I think we're still developing that depth in the inside beside him. So to mention any names right now would be probably remiss, but I think we need to keep coming there. I think on the edges, you know, I think Amandre Williams and Daniel Hardy are, are two guys that jump out as, um, you know, with this move to a four man front accentuates their ability, um, more and more you know if, if when you can line up with both those guys from an athleticism, athleticism perspective on either edge i think you really have something um 
And then, you know, I think linebacker-wise, I think those guys are settling in. It's not a world of difference for them, but there's there's different uh, – it's a different structure. It's different fits. And they, they certainly are the guys that are running the show and, you know, have been pleased with with them. I know Callahan's um, – he's done real well to this point. I, I know everybody wants to know Troy's progress. And Troy's getting reps mentally, and he's getting reps in a controlled setting. Um, you know, really like his progress, and I – you know, I, I did speak to the secondary. I think uh, we got a real deep group there, and you know, it's it's coming together. It's it's a work in progress, but I, I do think it's it's coming to, uh, to, together on that side of the football. You mentioned the corners; Th- those guys. I know that there was a, a lot of highly touted guys the last two recruiting classes, and it seems like uh, maybe they got a chance to get the mental aspect of the game honed in these last couple of years, even if they weren't practicing physically. So, do you believe that that's a spot where young guys can contribute? And do you expect young guys to contribute at corner this year for you guys? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, corner, nickel, um, sort of one and the same. I think our ability to play man coverage is something that we're, we're working towards. I think that's that can be a limiting factor um, in any defense, you know, how much you trust those guys on the edge to be on islands. And I, I think, you know, we're only a couple weeks in, but I think we got a group of guys that can, can play some man coverage that uh, – you know, at the same time, are, are willing and able tacklers as well, because that's certainly part of it. And then, uh, but then at the same time, understand from a, a zone perspective, you know how they fit into the grand scheme of things there. So it's been a, I think it's been a pretty good combination of not only ability, but then an eagerness to to allow their games to keep moving forward. And I think it's a pretty competitive bunch. And the fact that we have, you know, um, more guys than there are spots, I think is a is a really good factor. Last question for you then. What sort of progress do you want to make in the next week before you, you hit the stadium again next Saturday? Well, it'd be you know, important to look at the film today. You know, I, I'm certain there was there was mistakes made um, both sides of the football. And that's that's can been kind of the charge every day is okay, we're gonna make some mistakes, let's understand that, but let's 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 correct those, let's go out and play a little faster the next day and, and my goal for next week is we'll have eight practices underneath us. And and that's a pretty good chunk of our our installation you know and and come saturday where we can pull the coaches off the field there's no you know there's no barking out instructions before plays the players are just out there playing and you know i I think with a with a scrimmage you want it to be clean we're gonna have officials out there for the first time this is the first time these guys have been been officiated a long time so you want that side to be clean you want the substitution the the procedural size of things to be be uh, what they should be, and then I do think there needs to be some give and take. You know, you, there's going to be plays to be made, and um, you know I, I do think there has to be some on both sides of the football. You know, and if you walk away thinking, okay, that was that was a pretty competitive environment, it was a clean um, as far as just how we how we operated. I think that's that's the big goal, and you know you hope you flip the film on, and, and guys were playing fast and playing fast is not is not running fast all the time it's just seeing things the way they should be saw and you can attack you know whatever your assignment is fantastic football coach brent vegan joining us here on nuana is now coach thanks so much for the time we appreciate you and uh, we'll catch up with you soon all right sounds good thanks for uh, covering bobcat sports and uh, look forward to the next time Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coaches, the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me. Coulter Nuanez reactions from that interview, plus spring football from around the Big Sky Conference right after this. 
After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome back into Nuanez Now, 10290 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he does every Monday and Tuesday, marching through the Montana football hour. We're a little bit late. Good Montana football hour, though. Talked all about Grizz football. Gave you a little preview. Special Washington, the opponent, coming to Washington Grizzly Stadium. This weekend, Saturday, it's 11 a.m. kickoff from Washington Grizz. Do you know what time my interview with Bobby is? By the way, that day, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Eight in the morning, six, six in the morning. Five hours before kick, he is just loving it too. Just going, hey, you got to get out of well, bed for we, once. We were joking because <laughs> all the media guys were saying, why don't we just have eleven a.m. kicks all the time? And and sports information director Eric Tabor said, if it was up to Bobby Hawke, we would kick at six thirty or seven every single Saturday. Absolutely, he wanted to go as early as possible when they were trying to determine game times. Okay, one o'clock. Okay, one o'clock could make sense. No, how about ten? Eh, too early. And then they went back and forth. They finally settled on eleven. <laughs> it's it's a Amazing. But here nor there, there is football in Missoula each of the next two Saturdays, so that will be fun. We just heard from Brent Vegan, head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. We're going to get a little bit more into analyzing what I saw in Bozeman in the second hour, but we are up against it. Just a couple thoughts here on the rest of the Big Sky Conference. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the state of Montana. It's only in Montana, run by Montanans for Montanans, and they plan on keeping it that way. Probably the biggest result of the weekend, Riley, was Eastern Washington getting past UC Davis. So Eastern Washington, they I I was skeptical of how good they would be this season. They do still have the dude at quarterback and Eric Berrier. They get past UC Davis, and now they're sitting here in the top 10 with the playoffs on the horizon. So they are at least on the bubble right now for the FCS playoffs, right? I would say if they beat Idaho at home in their final game, they will get that coveted at large bid because at times you were wondering if the big sky was only going to be a one big league. And I know that we can leak this into the second hour as well, but I think Coulter, the storyline is starting to develop. I think now that uh, that Weber state might not be as good as we thought they were. I mean, they have literally squeaked by in consecutive weeks against Northern Arizona and Southern Utah. And they have been very underwhelming in other wins home win over UC Davis, where they were scoreless at halftime. I think that might be the storyline of all of this, but with you, Weaver, I'm curious your thoughts. Well, I get what you're getting at. The thing we got to remember, though, is that's how Weber rolls. We, I bet you Weber, Weber is what? Let's do the math. I think that they are uh, 21 and 3 in the Big Sky Conference over the last three falls that have been played. And I bet you their average margin of victory is less than 10 points. They kind of just squeak by. That's what they True. do. They wait till they can hit you with that big kick return, or they can run that hook and ladder to the big tackle, or they can hit you with the the uh, hail mary to win the game. 
that's just kind of how Weber State operates. They hardly ever just smash people. And I guess we're, we're going to find this out. Obviously, they have one game against Idaho State. They're going to win it. They'll be 5-0. and Will they be a seed? I think because of their underwhelming performance, I don't think they're going to get a top-four seed, which is very important. Somehow they might, but Eastern Washington should get that at-large bid. I don't know. I just, I'm just i very curious to see how Weber State compares on the national scale, and I think a lot of the last four to five weeks for us has just been waiting for this point because the only drama the Big Sky had this year was if Weber State could go deep. I, I sure. think all the other teams, yes, Eastern Washington, they've got pieces. Do we think they could really go all the way? Probably not. When you have the best player, though, in the country that's at least playing right now, I think you should make the playoffs. And at least they're one game away from doing that. So it's interesting to see this Weber State angle. But, I mean, I'll repeat them. 18-13 over Davis. A Hail Mary to beat NAU. And 19-16. Cedar City last week beating Southern Utah. Those aren't blowing the doors off. I know it's their style. But uh, I'm just intrigued. We'll we'll see. Obviously, Weber's solid. And there never should be an apology for winning. And that's me being a radio host trying to knock them down. But (laughs) it's still, it's it's underwhelming. For considering sure. the competition they're playing. For sure. And on the Eastern Washington note, too, um, the the offense that they run and the, like the RPO elements of it, so much of it is about getting hot, for lack of a better word. And when Barrier, when he first took over for Gage Gubrud, struggled initially and then started gaining momentum, and he got hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter until all of a sudden he looked like by far the best player in the country. I mean, that, that, that semifinal game against Maine – in Cheney, I've never seen a guy light it like that. Oh. I mean, he, he he had like 600 yards of total offense. He was almost perfect in every element of operating that offense, and he ro- they rolled all the way to the national title. Last year, he was pretty good, but he never got into that true rhythm. And, and we saw it. I mean, that's the that's the, the beauty of that style of offense, but also what becomes elusive in that style of offense. Like, I remember when the Grizz first started running Robin Flugrad's offense. None of the guys could get hot. And then Jordan Johnson was pretty mediocre the first four games of his sophomore year running that thing in 2011. But then he throws six touchdowns against Weber State, and they're off and running. And then nine wins later, they're in the semifinals of the playoffs. So I guess what I'm getting at is, if Easter makes it in the playoffs, I do not want to play them because Barry A continues to gain momentum. And if he's hot into the playoffs, look out. Totally agree. And we were setting this up for an Eastern Idaho winner gets in. Well, that got ruined. Why? Because of the team we talked about the last couple of weeks. Idaho State finally got their big win. Cross state game. They beat Idaho at home. So Idaho now is out of playoff contention. And now they will try and ruin Eastern's chances. A worst case scenario for the big sky would be if Idaho does beat Eastern, then they would only get one bit. I don't see any other way they would get that. So interesting, at least some of the storylines. It's fun now because we're talking about games to get into the playoffs, not only in the big sky, but nationally. Uh, For those that are curious, at least for the Missouri Valley, it looks like that Obviously, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, but then will North Dakota get in as an at-large? Will they get three bids? I think they should, but uh, some interesting things to watch final couple weeks is we monitor that while also keeping the focus on the Grizz and the Cats. Montana Football Hour will have more Montana Football Hour next Monday. First hour of the show, Riley will be here with me. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans 
and helping communities succeed. What that means for you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. As Montana's Brands of Banking, Stockman Bank is a proud sponsor of both Grizz and Bobcat Athletics, and they look forward to cheering on the Grizz at Washington Grizzly Stadium this weekend. Stockman Bank, Montana's Brand of Banking, member FDIC. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. We haven't even talked about the craziest college basketball game I ever watched in my life. Wow. What an ending. What a what a, a Saturday of college hoops. And we have a great national championship game on tap tonight. And since Riley's been here, he hasn't been back since opening day of baseball started. So we're going to get it, let him get a little retort. Some divisional picks. Sean Rainey, eat your heart out. I guarantee you he ain't picking the San Diego Padres to win the National League West. <laughs> More on Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 